Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We are still in the book of Acts, so turn to Acts 16 will be where I read from. Now, at the end of 15... If you go back and you read, because remember, I promised you guys we're trying to just sort of hit the high points as we go through Acts. So there's a lot of gaps in there. You need to go back and read as well. But at the end of chapter 15, Barnabas and Paul actually separate. I mean, up to this point, we've seen them. They're the dynamic duo working together, right? Barnabas was the one that Paul, when nobody wanted to believe in his conversion, it was Barnabas that spoke up for him to the apostles, remember? And so they have been together, but they finally separate ways because they do not agree about John Mark. Barnabas says, I want John Mark to go with us on this second journey. And and Paul, he's still a little upset at John Mark because he had left them at Pamphylia. And he was like, I don't trust him. And so they split ways. And Barnabas and John Mark become a pair that go out and Paul chooses Silas to go out. Good timing, Silas, right? Your namesake today, right? Um, So, and, and this is strange to me when I was reading about them splitting, like we've, you know, if you've read through the New Testament, you've probably read this before. And I thought, this is kind of strange that Saul would doubt Barnabas' thought, right? Because Barnabas has been the encourager the whole time. He's the one that when nobody else wants to, to trust or believe in people, hello, Saul, right? That Barnabas stood up and said, no, let's believe in him, but... They had a disagreement. They separated. We are in Acts chapter 16, starting with verse 16. Down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes, and she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Lord, this is your word today that we are going to walk through, but it's your Holy Spirit that makes the difference. And may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name. Now note a little change in the wording here. Up to this point, as Luke is writing, it has been a third person. In other words, he's been recounting history to us of what has been taking place. And now we see that one word that changes everything. We. You notice he starts talking in the we form, which means now Luke is with them. He's a part of what is going on. So this becomes first-hand knowledge that we're seeing here. 
And it says here that they're going to a place of prayer. Now, this gives me the idea that there's still a semblance of the Jewish religion here, right? That they still are holding to some of their practices of, you know, we've talked before about the Jews would pray three times a day. And so they're still kind of having a little bit of resemblance of the Jewish religion on just their day-to-day practices. It's no different than you and I, how you have been raised in the church and things that maybe you learned from your grandma of how to pray or, or how to how to act. And and so maybe you still carry that with you today. Now, when we talk about this slave girl, you got to understand these men are using her to make money. She's their property, in other words, right? And so day after day, she is following Paul and Silas and Luke and the others, and she's shouting to anyone who will listen about what they're doing. Now, If you look again at what she said about it, these men are servants of the Most High God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. All true, right? Like it was factual, that's that's what they're doing. Um, So she wasn't wrong, but I always get the feeling that Paul is still very annoyed with her. (laughs) And I can understand that when somebody just... You know, we we had a great, when I say we had a great week on the beach because there wasn't a lot of people there, that's great. But there's still always someone, right? There's just always someone. And, and there was a couple, and Thomas said the difference between going to Target and Walmart, and we're on the Walmart beach right now. Like, you know, there's just people that it's like they're loud, and they, and it's like, can you not just, just relax? Just, we were... We were really feeling older than we might be because we just were on the beach doing nothing this week, you know? And it's like, the beach is empty. Can you please go 50 foot that way? Do you have to be six foot from me? Like, you know. And so I kind of get that. I kind of can feel that annoyance Paul might have had with her just following them day after day and shouting this out. And there's probably different reasons. Like, Paul probably didn't want their business just shouted out to everybody, he understands that there's some tensions probably between the Jews and the Romans and you know, the Romans there. And, you know, he's like, ah, do you have to stir it? And I, I also can relate to this because when I walk into a room, a conversation, I really don't like when people make a big deal out of me being a pastor. Because when they do that, it's like a big old sign gets slapped on my forehead. Holy Ghost Junior, Right. Like all of a sudden, people don't want to talk a certain way around me. Or all of a sudden, whatever they're drinking is, well, <laughs> you know. And I'm just like, I don't care. I, I, can't, I can't judge you, you know. Um, but it, it puts a barrier there now. I can't just openly have a conversation with somebody when people start making those, oh, you're a pastor and you're, oh, did you have to tell everybody? Like... <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to have a conversation and slide a little Jesus in there when nobody knows. You get what I'm saying? And I kind of feel like that's Paul and Silas right now. Like, they're on a mission, but maybe it doesn't need to be announced out so broadly, right? Whether Paul was irritated about the shouting or bringing the wrong attention, whatever it is, he just has enough And in the name of Jesus, he cast that demon out. Well, that's a great thing, right? But one thing is certain. That great thing costs some men some money. And you don't stir a mess until you mess with somebody's money, right? 
You start messing with people's money, and all of a sudden, it's not a good thing anymore. So when we celebrate the freedom of the slave girl, we have to recognize the ripple effect of what we're looking at. In the real here and now of what was taking place, their source of income just evaporated. All right? So they were not happy. Same thing happens today. So we see a drug addict gets, get freedom or a drug dealer who gets freedom. What happens? There's still a ripple effect because you just messed with somebody's income source, right? Like we, we hear these kind of testimonies of the retaliation because like you just took money out of somebody's pocket. So in the physical realm, there's still a ripple effect that happens when God moves. Now, verse 19 said that the masters were so upset, they took Paul and Silas straight to the authorities. They thought, no, we're going to stop this mess today. Like, we're not dealing with this anymore. And then in verse 20, 21, now look what they did not do. They did not go and start talking about their property. Hey, He just like did something to this girl that we own over here and now we can't make money with her. They didn't, they didn't take that approach. They said what? The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. So they immediately are playing on there's a problem between the Romans and the Jews. In this day and time, Romans were not happy with the Jewish people. Like there might be some small sects that they would let still have their gatherings, but in general, they really wasn't happy. I mean, like we can look at history and see where there was genocides of Jews in this time frame or they would run them out of town, okay? So they're playing off of this and they say they're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. So they took a whole different, at, you know, a whole different way of trying to get them arrested. They played against Romans don't like Jews, okay? And so they get thrown in jail. Now remember, as we read through the book of Acts, I say this over and over, and I'm going to keep saying it as we go through, you're going to see what it looks like to be persecuted as a Christian. Because we really don't understand that here in America. We get uncomfortable when, and we get irritated But to this level of being thrown in prison and beaten, that's persecution that the early Christians was going through. So, verse 25, they've been thrown in prison, and now they're in this inner dungeon. What do you do when you're in the inner dungeon? Verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and crying and weeping. No, no. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open and he assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. What do you do when you're stuck in that inner dungeon? They were severely beaten, the word tells us. 
taken underground into the inner dungeon. So this would have been, they, you know, this jailer was under strict orders. Do not let them get away. So he took them into that inner dungeon where they would be heavily guarded. No way out without passing every guard in there, right? And they clamped them into the stocks. Now, can we pause and just consider? I need you to consider the real physical, emotional, and spiritual matter of this. Sometimes when you're reading scriptures, it's easy to just sort of skim over. The best thing you can do is stop, pause, and put your place in that person's position. Think about the smells. Think about how you feel. Now, they were guilty, remember, of setting a girl free. That's really what they're in trouble about, for doing good. But now they've become an enemy of the state, an enemy of Rome. And depending on the physical state after the beating, I myself might not even want to live. Like, my pain tolerance sometimes is not the best. And I can't imagine being beaten with a wooden rod, severely beaten, it said. Emotionally, can you think where they're at? Like, God, we came here to do your work and look at us. So if this was me, emotionally, I might be crying out, God, where are you? And I know you can relate to that because we've all had these moments of, God, where are you? Right? That's just basing things on, personally, how I do react to things. Those are my thoughts of how I react to hard times. Like, you just want to give up. <laughs> like, why try? Right? Now, imagine with me, just for a minute, church. Paul and Silas, beaten so severely, you know there's blood, you know there's bruises, and maybe there's some busted ribs. You know there's pain. They've been put in these stocks now and, and chained in. They can't move as freely as they would like to. And remember, they're in the inner dungeon. There's other prisoners. So I'm going to just go out on a limb to say the smells wasn't real great. The body odor. The bathroom smells of the day. Think about where they're at for just a moment. And what do they do? Around midnight, they start praying and singing hymns. That's some worship right there. Because church, worship is not what we do when everything's good. That's not worship. That's celebration. Worship is what we do when everything goes wrong. Right? When everything hurts. When it's hard. When we can't see the light of day. And we begin to pray. And we begin to sing. What's that song? We bring the sacrifice of praise. In Job, remember, Satan tells God, he was like, hey, you know, there's that guy, Job. And God's like, yeah, he's a great one, isn't he? He loves me, he worships me. And, and Satan nails him. He said, yeah, of course he does. Life is good. 
He's like, let me shake that up and let's see what he does. You see, worship is when everything is going bad. And we can still worship. So there in the inner dungeon, bloody and bruised and shackled, Paul and Silas were singing to God and praying. Now, you know, I love music. Amen, Bojangles. I love me some music. But when life takes the music out of you, and it happens, what do you do? Anybody been there? Can I just get a show of hands where the music just leaves? Like, what do you do? Well, you make a playlist. Oh, I didn't bring my phone up. You make a playlist and and you call it Praise Anyway. A, A song recently that came out by Wren Collective is called Hallelujah Anyway. And you make a, a, a playlist, specific songs that are about praising God when life is not okay. When you don't know if it ever will be okay again. Oh man, some of you, I know some of your stories. So let me tell you, if you, if you like Toby Mac kind of music, Toby Mac's new album, Life After Death. If you haven't listened to that, look it up. And if you, if you don't know the story of Toby Mac, uh, back in, was it 2019, I think, right before 2020, I think, was when his son Truett died of an overdose. And those of us that are young enough to remember Truett on some of the young music of Toby Mac, he would rap with his daddy, and, but bless Truett's heart, he fell into a bad way of life with drugs, alcohol, and, and he passed away of an overdose, accidental overdose. And you can see on Toby's face, the difference it made in his life, losing his son. And I know some of you can relate to that. And this specific album is his album that he's written now after the fact, and it's about walking that road. But it's still about praising God. It's still about praising God and knowing that God has been with him every step of the way. What do you do? You praise anyway. So on the days that I don't want music, like I, I don't want to listen, I play this list anyway. I, I got to a point of, I want, I want to praise God. I didn't know how to go through a day without it. And so I play this list on hard days. Now, did you notice, though, See, I I have read through here so many times, and and we like to think about Paul and Silas getting set free and all this stuff. But here's what I really focused on. Verse 25, and the other prisoners were listening. See, we, we read through, we see Paul and Silas. I bet when I say the word Paul and Silas, if you've been in the church long enough, you knew exactly what we were going to talk about today. But did you stop to think there were other prisoners in that inner dungeon? Church family, listen to me. There are people in the same pit as you. And they're looking at us. They're watching us. And I promise you, it's not the good days. It's not the good days when we're praising and life is good, right? 
In fact, when, when we're singing praises and somebody looks at my life and they think it's all good and perfect, they're thinking, well, yeah, you have a good life. No, it's the days when they know the heartache we are traveling through and the grief and the brokenness and we're still praising. We begin to affect people's life. So don't stop praising. Find a song to sing. Because when we let the enemy steal the songs from us, he just stole our joy. He just stole it. Those are the moments to sing because you know what? It reminds me God is still good. I have a rock in this jar that instead of my initials, some of you, maybe you've seen it, you're a good father. And I just needed to remember that. that no matter what this world has, he's a good father. And one day, as Emily's saying, we're going home. This is not my home. But man, I hope like Paul and Silas, I can affect as many people along the way. And when you get set free, man, what happens then? Verse 29. So remember, the jailer's ready to kill himself, right? The reason being, that would have been his punishment. His punishment would have been any prisoner that, that got set free and, and ran away, whatever that prisoner's punishment would have been, he would have had to take in it. So somebody in that inner dungeon was on death row, and he was ready to take that punishment. And Paul and Silas stopped him, said, hey, we're all here. In verse 29, the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now remember this woman that has taunted them day after day. She's already told what they're there in Rome to do. So this jailer, I bet, has heard this. He knew what Paul and Silas were about. And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. And he brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they believed in God. Okay, let's just be honest for a minute. When that earthquake happened, and this this area is known for their earthquakes, so it's not that I even look at that as a miracle, but it is a miracle how it set them all free, right? That was God's hand moving. And when those shackles open and the doors flew open and the chaos ensues, I mean, we've seen on the news what happens after an earthquake. I would have ran for that door. I'm free. Thank God I'm free. I'm out this door, right? But Paul and Silas do not. They notice the jailer and they're about to take his own life. And so they stayed to minister to him. And that moment not only changed his life, but changed a whole household. Again, people are watching what happens Now, I want you to hear this. In the ancient households, in this time, this culture, it was sort of a set in stone thing. Whatever the head of the house believed in, the whole house followed. Right? So, if he believed, the whole house would have to believe, in essence. 
Today, not so much, right? <laughs> but don't ever discount the impact it makes. Dads, moms, when the head of the household lives for Christ, it does impact a whole family. It does impact the whole family. Now, this is not, listen to me, this is not an automatic promise. I wish it was. It's not an automatic, and I know this because we all have free will. Every single person and child has to make a choice for themselves. So I know it's not an automatic promise, but I do promise you will impact your family. I can remember praying for my dad. Yes, I, I have hope my dad is in heaven. I, I, I believe that. But I can remember praying for him to make a change while he was here on this earth. Because I knew. My brothers watched so much more of my dad's history than I did because we were 10 years apart. And I knew if they could see a change in my daddy, how it would impact my brothers. And we never got to see that. And, and I always had a little sorrow of a life wasted that could have impacted so many more. Am I happy that I have hope dads in heaven because of, you know, last year's? Sure I am. Man, the impact. Fathers, listen to me. We, we have a generation. We need you to impact people. And I don't mean to be cruel, but just sitting here with me this morning, that ain't what it is. It's what your family sees out there. It's what they see if you're opening your Bible. I, I read a man's devotion the other day, and he talked about how he gets up every morning and, and reads his Bible and, you know, very, just, that's what he does. But he began to realize his kids didn't see that because he got up. How many dads, you get up and you're up and coffee and you're out the door before everybody else wakes up, Right? And he began to realize, they don't see me doing this. So he would purposely leave his Bible and books out, propped open where he had read that morning, just so that they saw the evidence he had been in the Word that morning. Because he wanted it to be an impact of this is something that is important enough for me to make time for every day. And he wanted them to understand that. That that was a piece of who he was. We make an impact when people watch us. Especially when we're praising in the middle of that dungeon. Now the jailer immediately, it said, begins to care. I love this. He immediately not only takes Paul home and, and you know, probably because the jail is in, in, you know, it's crumbled to the ground, but he's still responsible for the, the prisoners, right? He's caring for Paul. He's taking care of the physical needs. So that beating and maybe whatever happened during that uh, earthquake, he's now tending the wounds and he's feeding him. When we believe in Jesus, it changes us. It changes our heart. We begin to have compassion like we've never had before. Because just hours before, this jailer and Paul was on two different spectrums, and now he's tending his wounds and taking care of him. 
When Jesus comes into your life, church, if you don't see a change, let's talk. You see, because, yes, I love to sing about going home, but it's not just about going home. It's not just the plane ticket for later. It's the life change right now and how you live your day-to-day life now. How you love on people. And I love verse 32. It said, all heard the message of Jesus and they believed. And they were baptized immediately. I Man, I keep clinging to that one throughout the book of Acts. I'm, I'm itching. It's, it's been, what, a few weeks since we've baptized Cambry, so I need another one. Who else needs to be baptized in this room? Maybe you're online because, man, if you've never been baptized, or maybe you were baptized at such a young age that you're like... I didn't know what I was doing. Man, come talk to me. Let's fill up this baptistry. Sandy's got all water bills paid. We can do it again. There you go. We, we survived a water day. Was that one bad, Sandy? I didn't even peek at it when, when it came in from, from our water day out there. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. All right. So they believed and they were baptized immediately. Now, I love the end, and and you can go and read it. It's kind of comical if you ask me. So when the Romans realized this was what they didn't understand, Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So that was a no-no. They had just beaten Roman citizens and threw them in prison. And that was a no-no. And so they were like, oh, we're so sorry. Just let them out, let them go. Just sweep that one under the rug and get them out of town. And Paul stands up and goes, uh-uh. You come apologize face to face and you let us out. And he made them come and they had to come apologize to his face. And then they were like, we're still so sorry. Can you still get out of town? <laughs> and they left. But I love that little ending there that Paul's like, oh, you ain't sweeping this under the rug. No way, Jose. But Paul demanded them to give him a personal apology. Church, what the enemy meant for evil in this chapter, God turned to so much good. That spirit in that young lady wanted to stir things up for Paul and Silas and make trouble and try to keep them from doing God's work. Do you understand that's how the enemy is working in your life today? The things that he is stirring up is because God has a purpose for your life. You are to impact others for Jesus Christ. So what the enemy was trying to stop from happening... God said, oh no. Because in fact, think about all of these prisoners that were in that inner dungeon with him. And they saw them praising, bloodied, bruised, broken, shackled. And they were praising. Think about the jailer that it changed his life. Not only did they save him physically, but spiritually now they gave him Jesus Christ. And it changed his entire family. A family of Roman citizens that are now changed in the name of Jesus. So church, here's here's my question to leave you with this morning. What shackles are you in this morning? We all walked in here shackled with something. Worries and griefs 
heart breaks. Some of you have been wearing these shackles for way too long. (laughs) Some may be very fresh this morning. What I want us to do, I want us to give a sacrifice of praise. Emily, if you'll go ahead and come forward. And not because we have answers. This isn't going to be a, a song of celebration because I know by the rocks being dropped this morning, there are things that you don't have answers for yet. But even in the middle of whatever you're going through, we're going to praise his name together as a church family. Today may not be the day the earthquake happens in your life to set you free, but it's coming. It's coming. And we're going to praise every day together as a church family. Because Jesus is still on the throne today. When we get home someday, he'll be at the right hand of the Father. And that doesn't change. So whatever it is that you feel shackled with today, I want you to stand with us and let's praise him as a family of God.
Today, we speak the name of Jesus in this place. I speak it over every addiction, every stronghold in this room, Lord. Lord, sometimes that stronghold is grief and we all have to walk through it differently. We break that in the name of Jesus today, though, Lord, because we're not meant to carry that forever under the weight. Let healing begin, Lord. Let healing begin. Father, and I know there are other things in this room unspoken today, but your spirit hears the cries of our hearts. And Father, we can't mess it up because even when we don't have the words, your Holy Spirit is interceding, thank the Lord. And he knows what we need today. Father, I pray for healing in this room. Somebody is just overcome with heartache this morning, but I pray for healing. Lord, I pray for miracles in this room. I know that some of these rocks drop were for miracles to happen. God, I pray for things to let loose, things that are binding people where they can't come to you. We break that in the name of Jesus today, Lord. And Father, I believe that you are working here in this room. I have seen you. I have heard the testimonies. And I praise you today for that. And Father, as we walk out of this place and the enemy begins to attack, will you guard our hearts and our minds today? God, because I know he wants to snatch away the things that you are doing in our lives. And God, may we remember this week that in the middle of that inner dungeon that we feel like nobody else sees, somebody's looking. And may we have the courage to praise your name, even without the answers yet. May we always praise your name. And all of God's people together said, Amen. Church family, have a wonderful, beautiful day. Be a blessing to someone. If you were blessed today, go be a blessing. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.